<laughs> oh my goodness. Good morning, live streamers. Good morning, baseball fans. Well, I did a podcast late last night talking about Carlos Correa. And it turns out that didn't age well because we all woke up to some of the strangest news you can imagine. It's an emergency. I haven't even shaved yet. Locked on MLB. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My, my, my. Hello, baseball fans, and hello, live streamers. Please, please, let me hear what you have to say. And welcome to an emergency. I haven't even shaved yet. I just got out of the shower episode of Locked On MLB. I am your host. What is my name? Who am I? I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Check out my lower third. What team do I play for? Call me Sully. It is the shortest day of the year. It is December 21st. 2022 it's the shortest day of the year daylight has not even broken here in pasadena california and already everything is the world is upside down you could follow us at my this is my early morning voice you could follow us at locked on mlb pods on twitter and on instagram i'm your pal sully i'm at sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram yep so, um, 24 hours ago, the San Francisco Giants were on the verge of announcing that Carlos Correa was going to be the face of the franchise for the foreseeable future, certainly the next uh, decade and a half. And... Um, and I'm about to go, I'm going to be going up to the Bay Area. We just did, I just did a uh, a podcast with Ben Kaspik on the 18th, uh, talking about how this is going to be a huge move for the San Francisco Giants. And it seemed like it was just a formality. Giant fans were going to have this wonderful present, World Series champion, great postseason player, and a guy who was going to give a little bit of a, uh, uh, a boost to the Giants-Dodgers rivalry. That's the world we woke up to 24 hours ago. It was a formality. They were getting ready to introduce them to the you know all the, the, the press in the Bay Area. And then we get the weird thing saying, hey, um, there's a, the press conference got canceled. And then all the things started going around. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? And Lo and behold, you know, I'm still getting the news. It's 6.22 in the morning in California. I just got up. I checked my email. I was about to play Wordle when I got this news. And Carlos Correa, who was a big part of the 2021 American League champion Astros, and, uh, oh, hey, there's Jeff Cohen from Baseball Barbecue. Good morning, buddy. 
What are you, what are you saying over there? Uh, that's oh, that's David Samuel Blaine, and he's saying happy holidays, happy holidays to you. Good morning. Uh, yeah, you Met fans have woken up to the fact that John Heyman reported that Carlos Correa, less than 24 hours after walking away from a, uh, uh, I guess a a medical that he flunked, he no longer has a 13 year deal. He has a 12 year deal. $315 million with the Giants. Um, okay. He has to pass a physical with the Giants. So let's hang tight for a second. Because um, he may wind up flunking that and then getting a 12-year deal with the Mariners. He may flunk that and then get an 11-year deal with the Rangers. Then he may flunk that. Then he'll get a 10-year deal with the Tigers. Then he may flunk that and get a nine-year deal with the Red Sox. And then flunk that and get an eight-year deal with the Rays. Flunk that. Get a seven-year deal with the Dodgers. Flunk that. Get a six-year deal with the Padres. Flunk that. Get a five-year deal with the Rockies. Flunk that. Get a four-year deal with the Cubs. Flunk that. Get a two-year deal with the White Sox. Flunk that. And then re-sign with the Twins for one year. How is that scenario that I just said any more bananas than what we just had? This is, I mean, look at, bless the Astros that they've stepped away from this and said, we got Jeremy Pena for a while and uh, we're going to defend our World Series title and he won the World Series MVP. We thank you. Um, people are lighting up the chat room here. Who's this here? Uh, uh GM GMB Jeff 2021 says LFGM for those of you who don't know what that means, and that's probably meaning my mom. Uh, that means let's go, uh, let's effing go, Mets. I'm so happy. Yeah, this is big news for the Mets, gigantic news for the Mets. Um, you know, Jeff Cohen, you wrote, uh, I got up early to do my business. Okay. Do your thing. It made the bit mistake of looking at my phone. Could not get back to sleep. Yeah, this is this is surreal, and this has uh, this has rippling effects all around baseball. Um, and it it oh, I mean, like uh, he hasn't passed the physical with the Mets yet. So let's not let's not you know let's hang tight for a second. But first of all. Met fans have to be thrilled. We're, we're already, I'm already seeing Met fans being thrilled. Um, if for no other reason, they're showing how aggressive the Mets are being. Yes, the Mets have the wealthiest owner in baseball, but he's doing what a wealthy owner should do. He's doing exactly what they should do, which is spend the money to put the best team on the field. There is a, um, how do we put it, a sense of urgency with the Mets to win. That's why they they acquired Verlander and Correa in the same offseason. In the same offseason where they lost Jacob DeGrom, homegrown beloved player, said, let's just move on. We're moving on. He wanted to go to Texas. Move it on. Um, but uh, anyway, well, yeah, you got Correa and Lindor on, you know, locking down their infield. It also gives a, a boost of excitement. It's kind of now. now <clears throat> someone may take this the wrong way. It kind of reminds me of when the Yankees acquired Alex Rodriguez. That 
it didn't seem like, you know, it seemed like overkill when they acquired him because they already had such a great team. And it says, well, they already have Jeter at short. Now, I've said this. Other Yankee fans have said this. Please don't hate me. Uh, Jeter should have moved to third. Rodriguez was the better defensive shortstop, the better overall shortstop. And the whole notion of Jeter would have done anything to win. Well, except move to third. But anyway, that's fine. That is fine. Um, but the uh, the fact of the matter is the Mets picking up Correa in what's already a good team, they're just pushing all the chips to the center of the table. They are doing Operation 2004 Red Sox. And uh, uh, so the chat room is just exploding right now. Uh, GMB Jeff says that Lindor and Cray are best friends who played on a team in Puerto Rico. Great. Fantastic. You know, I sometimes think that they were great friends uh, narrative can be overrated. I remember when the Los Angeles Dodgers acquired Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry to play in the outfield, and they were friends growing up in growing up in Los Angeles. So there was this thought of, hey, won't this be the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of Dodgers? It didn't turn out to be. Um, neither Eric Davis nor Daryl Strawberry had particularly memorable times with the LA Dodgers. I digress. Um, look at Met fans, you gotta be thrilled. You gotta be thrilled. This is not the ownership that you used to have. This is not the mentality the Mets used to have. You can't sit back and say, why are we acting like a small market team the way the Mets had for a long time? Times have changed and they're pushing their chips in the center of the table. And sometimes you have to do something if for no other reason than to give the fan base a bone and and take the team off the schneid. That is what the Red Sox did in 04. That is what the Cubs did in uh when they went for it in 2016 they sometimes you just have to say we got everyone to shut up about this we gotta get everyone to shut up about the fact we haven't won since this we've won since then now some teams have pushed the chips in center table it hasn't quite worked you know the tigers certainly did under dabrowski in the 2000s and they came up just short they, they, they forgot to spend the money on a bullpen but do you know what you take a look at this team and yes, the Braves are excellent. Braves are a terrific team. Unless we forget the Philadelphia Phillies are the defending National League champions, and they just acquired Trey Turner. So you're going to have yeah, Peter Pratt of the poor Marlins looking around going like, what the hell? We have the Cy Young Award winner and a decent pitching staff. You're probably going to get three teams again out of the National League East. But the, it affected another team and another potential race. But let me tell you something right here and right now. It is an absolute surefire bet that the Mets are looking at a potential 100-win team and a chance to go back to the playoffs and maybe, just maybe, put 1986 in the rearview mirror. And if you're making any bets... Go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends. For every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football, the bowl season's now coming up, basketball, both pro and college with the NCAA tournament, just a few months away. You've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you'll find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. It's a little early to be doing bet online read, but you know what? It's you've got to get this 
Got to get, got to give the people what they want. Okay. Another team is affected by this, though. The San Francisco Giants have have given their fans a uh, an off season that is that reminds me of the prom and Carrie. That Carrie thought she was winning the prom queen, and then she got blood dumped on her. And maybe Giant fans are going to turn into Carrie, doing the whole <laughs> making you know everything catch on fire and and okay. I'm referring to a 1976 Brian De Palma film. I got to update my references. Here's the deal. For about five minutes, Giant fans thought they had Aaron Judge um, when John Heyman sent out that tweet saying Arson Judge signed with the Giants. Maybe Arson Judge did. Well, then they had they had Aaron Judge for about a few hours. And then, or maybe an hour, and then they had um, Carlos Correa for about a week, and now they have neither. Now, here's—I mean, they—they they have improved their team. They have—they brought in the Hanegers, a couple of the other people, but uh, but, and by the way, there's a lot of talk in the chatter room about uh, salary caps. I'm going to get to that in, in segment three because I have some real thoughts about that, and I have talked about this before. The Giants have to. The, the Giants are in a terrible position right now because the music has stopped the musical chairs. You know, if they wanted to get another big shortstop, you know, they've been gobbled up. If you want to get another premier player via free agency, they've pretty much been gobbled up. They could go and they could go pick and choose some of the players who are left, um, and and cobble together a decent team. But there's not going to be the big splash. The whole uh, McCovey Cove splash can't be done now. The, the, the players have been signed. You can't undo what has happened here. Now, give the San Francisco Giants credit for going out and trying to make the big splash. And they thought they did. But obviously there was something wrong in that medical report that made them say hey wait a minute and you almost have to stop and say okay did they avoid something terrible the Mets don't care what happens in year 12 of Carlos Correa's contract or 11 or 10 for that matter they care about what's going to happen in 2023 and if Carlos Correa can come in and help the Mets win the World Series in 2023, and he's in a full body cast in 2032 or whatever the hell the thing is going to end, probably later than that, do you know what? They won't care because they'll get what they needed. The Giants have a little bit of a longer game. They aren't favored to win the World Series in 2023. They aren't looked upon as one key player away. Correa had a different role with the Giants. Correa is going to be the latest superstar to put on a Mets uniform. But you can point to Alonzo. You can point to Scherzer and Verlander. You can point to Lindor. You can, you know, they brought back Nimmo. There's a, there's a bigger cast of characters. 
And he would be, it's, that's more like Ocean's Eleven. Hey, at least that reference was from this century. But Correa was going to be the centerpiece of the giants that they were going to build. Around. He was going to be the sun that the other planets orbit about. And if they took a look at this and said, hold on, hold on, Narasco, what are we doing here? If he can't even make it to the pre-Christmas uh, uh, press conference without there being health issues, what the hell is going to happen down the line? Have we committed this money, this time with this contract to someone who can't even give us the years that it'll take to be a champion? I think the Giants are going to be, even without Correa, I think the Giants are going to be a good but not great team. I think they're a mid-80 win, low-90 team. They lost Carlos Rondon. Fine. They do have some good players. They do have some good pitching. But Correa was going to be the centerpiece. And if they were a team that was going to say, wait a minute, is the piece that we're going to orbit around unreliable? Then let's get out of here. Look, the Giants are a smart organization. They are. You know, they, they won those World Series in the 2010s. They retooled, got back to a 100-win season in uh, 2021. They had a setback last year, but I think they're going to be a contender again this year. I think, they're, as I said, I think they're. I don't think they're going to be better than Los Angeles. I don't think they're going to be better than San Diego, but I do think they can certainly contend for one of the wild card positions, even without Correa. Correa was going to be the center, and if you don't have that core, if you don't have that centerpiece, if that centerpiece is unreliable, that's when you say, "Hold on a second. Let's uh, let's rethink what we're doing." This is why it's one of these things. It might be a humiliating moment for San Francisco to lose out on Judge, to have the rug pulled on from Correa. But it might be something that they look at a few years from now and say, did we dodge a bullet? Correa is not the same on every team. His role is not the same on every team. His role in the Giants was specific. Now, that being said, they still need a core. They still need that core center of their franchise there. It's funny. You take a look at, like, you know, the Red Sox, have when they trade away Mookie Betts, now they've lost Bogarts, they're eventually going to lose Devers. They're losing their identity, that core piece to build a championship team around. Same thing can be said for the Giants. Giants have some good players. But now they have to wonder... Are they going to be able to get a, a superstar or are they going to have to develop their new one? Their, you know, Buster Posey was the star that that team was built around. Before that, it was Bonds. You know, in the late 80s when they were very good, it was Will Clark and, you know, eventually Kevin Mitchell. It was basically Will Clark that they built that lineup and team around. You don't have that player on the team right now. And it may not have been Correa. It's got to be somebody because right now I think there's, you know, I would say that right now the Giants are probably uh, an 85-86 win team, which puts them around with the Phillies and Brewers and um, Padres were last year. Now, of course, they could pull 
They could run the table and go all the way. Like the, you know, like they did when they had Bumgarner. But that team had a core in their pitching staff as well. What this team feels like is a bunch of supporting players without a lead. They don't they have some good pitchers here. They don't have that big ace in the middle of it, the way that Lincecum was initially, and then Bumgarner and Kane eventually became. They have some good hitters and good offensive players, but they don't have that posy in the middle of it. Probably, and it was supposed to be Correa. But we'll see. We'll see. Hey, um, I want to just uh, say thank you very much for, you know, supporting this show and listening to the show. And I see there's a whole bunch of you in the chat room right now, and I'm, I'm going to address some of the stuff you have there. Uh, I want to thank so much. You know, if you want to leave a review, either on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show, uh, I got a, uh, um, a, a review. I love reading some of my reviews here. This is actually a good one. This is a good review, but it's from Chica ZIF, who asked me to don't be biased. Everyone's accusing me of bias on this show. Uh, I, I make no bones about it that I grew up a huge Red Sox fan, but, you know, I will, as I said, I'll criticize the Red Sox and praise the Yankees if, if they need be. I had I just had a whole episode with Stacey Gotsoulias who was praising the Yankees. But anyway, um, the other one says, don't just focus and collaborate with the same people in the same teams, but good podcast. Um, I found that to be a strange, uh, a strange uh, uh, comment to get. Uh, I've just, I've done podcasts recently with Miller Thomas about the Diamondbacks, uh, Ben Kaspik about the Giants, Stacey Gottsulius about the Yankees, uh, Melissa Lockhart about the A's, uh, Ethan Smith about the about the uh, Pirates, and uh, there's a couple other ones I've done recently. Um, yeah, we did uh, Paul Holden about the Rockies, Ryan Clary about the Nationals. Um, we did you know, with Javi Reyes about the Padres. Um, yeah, I, I seem to be talking with different teams and different people. Um, but if you want me to do more. You're going to like the next couple of weeks. I've got a whole bunch of shows lined up with other hosts of Lockdown MLB from teams that I didn't just mention. So there you go. Um, let's, uh, uh, a lot of people on here have been, uh, this is from a friend of the podcast, Jeff Cohen, who writes, uh, he says, Sally, how about that 2022 lockout? Hey, look at Jeff Cohen. I would so much rather be talking about this than that freaking lockout. That lockout was a nightmare to try to do a baseball podcast where there was no news. Uh, this is uh, this is lots of news. This is lots of news. Okay. Um, and I'm seeing there's some Angry Giant fans in here as well. Um, okay. Let's talk salary cap. I've said before, and I'll say it again, you can't have a salary cap without a salary floor. Someone posted things saying that the the... Mets have spent more in one day than the Pirates have spent in the last decade on their salaries. That's not an indictment of the Mets. That's an indictment of the Pirates. That's an indictment that if you're a, you, you're a rich owner, and they're all rich, they can all afford it, and you're not trying to put even a contender on the field, then that's where the shame should be. Look at Cohen, who runs the Mets, is sitting on a giant Scrooge McDuck pile of money. 
We all know that. And uh, apologies to Jackie Cation for stealing her Scrooge McDuck pile of money. I'm sure other people have, but I, I, she makes me laugh every time she says that. And they can afford, if not to spend in a super gluttonous manner, the way that the Mets clearly are, in a similar way to the way the Red Sox and the Yankees did in the 2000s, the way the Dodgers did in the 2010s, um, at least to put a team on the field that the fans could enjoy to see. If you're a bottom feeder in baseball and your salaries are consistently, like, ridiculously low, then that's a shame to that owner because their job as an owner is to buy the team and give the front office enough money to put a entertaining product on the field. I've said this once. I'll say it a thousand times. A team does not owe a fan base a championship. A team owes a fan base a fun summer, an entertaining summer, reason to go to the ballpark. Yes, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Yes, there's going to be some good years and some bad years. But if you look up and you see you're consistently putting a losing product on the field and you're consistently at the bottom of the payroll, well, that's on the ownership. If you're a, think about this for a second, just you're anyone listening to my voice, <clears throat> everyone listening to my voice right now is clearly someone who's a baseball fan. Do you know why? Because you're listening to a baseball podcast in December. Now, imagine if you had billions, just, just billions of dollars, okay? Like fantasy money, richy rich money, okay? Imagine you have that and you buy a baseball team, wouldn't you want to run it like a real-life fantasy team? Wouldn't you want to run it as a team and say, we're just going to get the biggest stars and put the best product on the field? Or, short of that, you spend your money on building up your front office to get the best scouts, to get the best uh, uh, analysts, and get the best data and all this to put together the best team that you build up through your farm that then you dole out the money to keep the homegrown players. The Pirates have had time to do that. You're starting to see the Orioles have done that. After being really lousy for a bunch of years, you're starting to see some of those players come up. Okay? That should be on the owners. And there should be a competitive floor. There should be a competitive look at if you... It's kind of like if there are like minimums to go into, like to play some of the big games in Vegas or something like that. There should be a sense of, hey, if you are a bottom feeder, your team consistently stinks, and you're not spending money on your product, there should be some sort of penalty for that. The Mets are running like a team said, what do I care about the luxury tax? The luxury tax costs the Red Sox. Mookie Betts, the Mets don't care. I'll pay the luxury tax if it means getting a championship. Does anyone ring up a, uh, a, a flag that says we avoided the luxury tax? Who's going to sit their grandchildren on their knee and say, let me tell you about the day that my team avoided the luxury tax. When Ken Burns does the 11th inning in a couple of years, it's the, you know, covering the next bunch of years in the update of his wonderful documentary. 
Are they going to be playing that slow piano music and slowly zooming in while Morgan Freeman narrates a picture of a team avoiding the luxury tax? Nobody cares about that. You know, it's like, it's funny, the new Avatar movie came out, which James Cameron directed, and surprise, once again, James Cameron directed the most expensive movie ever made. Terminator 2 was the most expensive movie ever made when it came out. True Lies was, Titanic was, Avatar was, Avatar 2 is. He always spends more money than anybody in the history of Hollywood whenever he gets behind the camera. And guess what? Whether you love all those films or not, and I don't love all those films. I like some of those films. Some of them I'm not crazy about. But it's clear he's trying to put a product on the field, in the theater. You walk away from that going like, well, where did that money go? Well, we saw it. And the Mets are running their team like it's James Cameron. And you have to be able to, Look at if you're thinking that there's a salary cap would make the suddenly make it uh, more competitive. I say you're wrong. You have to then you'd have to have the floor too, or audit every team who gets money back from the luxury tax. The Mets are going to be paying into the luxury tax. The Pirates are going to get money from the luxury tax. You have to show how that money is being spent on the players on the field. That should be the that should be in a little like account, the Al Gore lockbox or whatever it is. Show us the money that you spent. Show us the players you spent. I'm, I'm, it's early. What I'm saying isn't grammatically correct. Spend the money on the players. Quit carrying. The water for the owners was saying, oh, there's got to be a salary cap. Why? Do you know what? There's some of the some of the premier leagues in Europe for for soccer. The, the worst teams of the league get sent to the minors, and the best team from the minors get to play in the Premier League. I almost want to try that. Yeah. Have a team that gives a the a minor league team a real advantage to try to make it to the majors. And if you're the Pirates or the Marlins, you're going, oh, my God, do we really want to make the Pirates a minor league baseball team? Well, you're paying them like a minor league baseball team. And you're putting a minor league product on the field. Yes, teams are going to have bad years from time to time. You can't have a bad decade. Since Francisco Cabrera got that hit, the Pirates have made the playoffs three times, and I believe they've only had four winning seasons. In 30 years. And you think the problem is the team spending money? Please. Please. And I say this with all due respect. Please. But I say this with all due respect as well. Thanks for everyone who's jumped into the chat room. I'm going to have to go to work soon. I was I thought like, hey, man, I did that Carlos Correa podcast last night. I'm all set up for the rest of the week. Woohoo! I can relax. Well, guess what? I'm pushing the podcast that I originally was recorded for today uh, is going to be uh, going over to, uh, it's going to be played next week. I now have all my podcasts recorded for next week, but then again, the way Carlos Correa is going, this may wind up being locked on Carlos Correa. Um, but hey, everybody, thanks so much for making us your first listen as I, I still need to shave. Uh, if your second listen, have that be Locked on Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, which brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. 
or the, just just the Carlos Correa news, basically. Get the analysis and opinions for anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets, uh, I was trying to get him on the show this morning just because I'm like, hey, let's go do something, but I want to get this going. But hey, um, this has been surreal. Everyone, uh, chat room is full. Pass this along to people and follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, go ahead and do it at Sully Baseball Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And I'm going to be doing, I got a Christmas show coming up. If you don't celebrate Christmas, then happy Ricky Henderson's birthday. Have a wonderful day. And uh, boy, I hope there's no more Carlos Correa news. This has been Locked on MLB for the 21st day of December 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.